<laughs> do we ju- do we just jump into it for another week? I reckon we well for another month. Maybe. <laughs> Rephrase. Do we just jump into it for another month? <laughs> I reckon we do. Let's I reckon do we'll it. just keep that in. We'll just start from there. What do you reckon? Let's do it. It is Things, Stuff and Words with Ben and Reed. My name is Ben Rogers. This guy's name is Reed Marnie. How's it going, Reed? Ben, I'm as happy as a fat kid eating a cupcake. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing too bad either. I just had ice cream, so I can't complain. <laughs> Uh, you definitely can't complain. No. Now, for uh, straight off the bat, obviously, for anyone who is possibly watching this on VidMe, usually you would see, you know, our smiling faces talking and <laughs> doing the things that we usually do. This time around, you're not going to see us. You're just going to see the logo because we had so many troubles over the past couple of months trying to get the actual video feed of things to work. Skype, for some reason, just doesn't want to work for us lately so we just thought hey let's just do what everyone else does and actually do an audio podcast (laughs) yeah let's just sort of ruin all the surprise and you know ruin all the magic that yes we've had mistakes we haven't got it quite right and we're doing it a bit raw so Mm -hmm. hello we don't embrace it though we're embraces you and i we're not we're not you know running away from the the bad stuff we're embraces so we look forward to the audio version yeah so basically what's happening now is we're switched over from skype to uh a private google hangout and we figured this is kind of better because even when the picture quality declines the audio still stays good whereas on (laughs) skype when the picture quality declined the audio just went craptacular as well so i think we're on a better wicket this one this time around we're just going to wing it, see how we go. <laughs> exactly. But I want to start things off, Reid, with a uh, very weird story about um, KFC. Did you hear about this one, what they were doing for Mother's Day over in New Zealand by any chance? No, but I did hear about the one they're doing for the Geelong Cats game this weekend. Oh, okay. What are they doing for the Cats game? Well, you know how in American sports, sometimes, especially in basketball and baseball, where if the opposition team doesn't do the right thing, they might not get a goal or they might not uh-huh. hit the ball correctly. The crowd gets like free stuff. Like yeah, it's yeah. usually a free burger or free food. Well, they're going to do that sort of same situation this weekend because Geelong, it's their home game. Uh-huh. And if the Bulldogs do something wrong, if they get a point instead of a goal or they do something really embarrassing, the crowd for a KFC burger. Nice. Oh, no. Not bad at all. Well, over in New Zealand, it's something a little bit different because this was for our Mother's Day last weekend, and they decided to make something new for Mother's Day, like one of those random products that they make every now and then. Like a couple of months back, we saw them make nail polish, and it actually tasted like uh, hot and spicy and uh, original recipe KFC chicken, and you could basically lick your fingers, and it would taste like KFC, which was kind of gross when you think about it. But this one kind (laughs) of goes along with that, but something that is actually edible in the form of chocolate. So what they've done here is they've done uh, a box of four artisanal chocolates and the chocolates are infused with the spices of original recipe and uh, also hot and spicy KFC chicken. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. I want it. (laughs) So it's kind of one of those things where first off you kind of think, oh, 
chocolate and chicken. How could that possibly go together? That sounds really disgusting. But there's no chicken involved in this whatsoever. It's just the seasoning that's used to put on the chicken to make the chicken taste good. Apparently, it makes chocolate taste pretty good as well. So they thought, hey, let's go ahead with it, see how it works. And apparently, it went gangbusters. So many people were trying to buy these. And now I'm pretty sure there's even a couple of people trying to sell them on eBay for like ridiculous amounts of money, (laughs) as people usually do with this kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on some KFC chocolate? Let's read. Yeah, look, I'm all for it, but wouldn't you just love to be in that marketing meeting of how to come up with a brand new competition or a brand new idea for, for the company? Yes, we're going to have KFC and what, what else can we sell? What else can we flog to the customers? Chocolate, anything, chocolate KFC? Brilliant, let's do it. I'd love to be in those marketing meetings to see how they get it all set up, you know? So, no, I'm all for it. What about you? Well, that's just it. Like, it seems like there is, uh, you know, people who are completely dedicated to having their job as, you know, a marketing manager and just going out on weird tangents like this. It seems like it would be the most fantastic, uh, fan- uh, what, what is it, fascinating job to have mm-hmm. to just kind of go, hey, let's just chuck this random idea out there and see if it actually lands. See if anyone jumps on board and just goes, actually, you know what? That's a really good idea. And I reckon some random <laughs> stuff would have to get thrown out there every now and then. And this was probably one of them. And it's kind of, you know, worked out pretty well for him in the end. Look, for all the good ideas that they have, I'm sure ideas they have, which never see the light of day and they're always in the trash bin, they're the ideas I want to hear. They're the ones that they deemed not good enough or not deem it, you know, not acceptable enough for the consumer. So they're the ones I want to hear. So it kind of makes you wonder, is this uh, KFC chocolate now going to make its way around the rest of the world considering it was so successful in just New Zealand alone? And at the moment, apparently, we've been told not to hold our breath as far as these chocolates making their way out there. But I guess if enough people go crazy about it over social media, then it could be something that actually does end up happening like we've seen in the past with, you know, snowball effect things like this. Well, I'm not surprised because you and I have spoken many times about stuff that other countries, KSCs and Maccas have done, and we think, surely this is coming to Australia, but it never does. Yeah. So I reckon we could, this is going to go down that same pathway. We won't get it, but we really want it, you know? (laughs) We'll uh, post a uh, article about this for you at our Twitter account, at Ben and Reed on Twitter, and you can read more about it right there. It's a really kind of, you know, fascinating thing to see the kind of wormhole they've gone down as far as getting this idea out there and just how, you know, crazy people have gone over just this idea of KFC seasoned artisanal chocolates. But something else, Reed, that people are going crazy over at the moment is fidget spinners. What's the deal with these things? Yeah, these sort of popped out out of nowhere. It was late last year where these really sort of came into popularity, I guess, like a fad in the classroom. And before you know it, one kid's got it, every kid in the classroom wants it, and it just sort of spreads and everywhere everybody wants it. The weird thing about these, though, is I'm sure you might be aware of these, these actually started off for kids with actual like mental health problems like ADHD, Mm. wanting them to sort of use this as a way of distracting them from the bad stuff going on in their life. For whatever reason, another kid in the classroom has thought, hey, I want that. And then, you know, we all want them. I don't know why these were so popular. I mean, have you actually seen one physically, like face to face with one? Because I haven't. Well, yeah, like I went into uh, Geelong City over the weekend and we were just doing some shopping around for some random stuff. We went into one of those, you know, like uh, cheap bargain shops that they have everywhere. And like they have one in at least every shopping center everywhere across the world, I reckon. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we went into the particular one that was in the uh, Westfield Shopping Center in Geelong. And there was, you know, a whole heap of them up at the counter 
And they had a big sign at the front door saying, like, fidget spinners available here. And so all these kids were, like, just piling into the store trying to find these fidget spinners, didn't Mm. realize they were up at the counter. And so they're all, like, rummaging around the store trying to find out where they are. (laughs) One kid finally goes, Mom! Mom! I found them! They're at the counter! (laughs) And so he's, like, run up there. And then he's looked at it. He's looked at the lady behind the counter, looked at it again, looked back at her and gone, can I spin it? And she's like, (laughs) yes, you can spin it. (laughs) And then he spins it and he goes, oh, sick. I was like, no, what are you doing? What's going on with the youth of today? I've got no idea why these are so popular with the kids. It just doesn't get me, I know. But, but oh, like you dude. said, it's becoming like a completely big, almost epidemic thing. And they were originally made for people with like autism and things like that. Asperger's who needed these to, you know, kind of distract themselves and get themselves back on track, get their mind concentrating again. But mm. it's kind of caught on with every kid in school now. And it's getting so ridiculous where teachers are actually having to ban them from the classroom. And a lot of kids are cracking the sads. It's sort of funny because it sort of brings me back to my youth and maybe this was the same situation for you back in the primary school days. Yeah. But we had marbles back in the day uh-huh. and they were really quite popular. There was one marble and I'm really annoyed I can't remember it. It was like a, a ball-bearing marble. That's the one. That was like the gold marble that everyone wanted. And if you had one of those, you were the king of the school playground, <laughs> let me tell you. But the marbles, they were massive and everybody wanted them. But, of course, they became too popular and then they started getting banned by the teachers and mm. it just it, it was really bad. And so that's it sort of brings me back to that as well. So I'm not really surprised that they're now sort of getting banned in all the playgrounds of all the schools around Australia. Well, when you kind of go back through all the crazes that have been around over the years, like uh, one of the big ones back in the day was Tamagotchis. And apparently they're about to make a comeback as well because, you know, the makers of Tamagotchi have made four new ones that they're going to release onto the world. And I reckon everyone's going to go nuts on them all over again. If Pokemon Go is anything to go by, I reckon people will lap up Tamagotchis like crazy all over again. Uh, One of the guys at work, obviously working at a radio station, there was a lot of talk on air about fidget spinners. One of the guys on the Brekkie show actually shared a story about uh, his Tamagotchi experience when he was at primary school. Basically, what would happen is they would walk into class at the start of the day, all these kids would have their Tamagotchis, and the teacher would be just like, okay, time to put your Tamagotchis in Tamagotchi daycare, and all these kids would go up to the front of the class, and they'd put the Tamagotchi in the front in the top drawer of the teacher's desk. And it was made out like it was this fun thing of Tamagotchi daycare. (laughs) Really, it was just the teacher's very smart way of saying, I'm confiscating these for the day and you'll get them back when the school bell rings. Ah, nice work by the teacher, by the way, of uh, sort of, you know, saying a different word for what it actually was. But yeah, (laughs) brilliant. She's done very well with that one. It it also reminded me of um, Pokemon cards back in the day because they were massive and then they also got banned as well. So it seems anything that became too popular would get banned. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, it it seems like it's just going even more ridiculous as far as you can get all different kinds of these fidget spinners now. There's limited edition ones, there's chrome plated ones and all this kind of stuff. And if you have the coolest fidget spinner out of everybody, then you're going to be the coolest kid around in school. You're like going to be the best person ever. But there was one funny thing that I did see of a guy who put a fidget spinner into a vice on his workbench out in his garage. 
And when you put it into the vise, it just grabs hold of the part, the section of it in the middle. So you can still Mm -hmm. actually flick it and it'll still spin. Then he's grabbed an air compressor and got the air hose and just started spraying air at the fidget spinner to try and get it to go as fast as possible. (laughs) He actually got the fidget spinner to spin that fast that it exploded. (laughs) 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 And they're all standing there in the garage just watching it. And he's just like, and then he just goes, he's like, oh, jeez. Pretty sure his wife would come out and say, oh, "Not another experiment gone wrong." Yeah, yeah. I'll clean like, it up. What was that bloody noise? <laughs> now we have to clean this bloody thing up. See, good things always have to get ruined, don't they? I mean, this could be a little good thing to play with, but now someone's got to ruin it. So, yeah, yeah. Ah, the fidget spinner. And as far as like the fidget spinner trend is concerned, you see so many people who are sharing uh, their, you know, fidget spinner videos and all this kind of stuff on social media. And it's just like, is this really something that's, you know, worth sharing on social media for the world to see? Oh, look, I can balance my fidget spinners on my fingers. All this kind of stuff. But if you say this is boring, then people are just like, oh, no, this is the greatest thing ever going around at the moment. How dare you say this is boring? Because people take things way too seriously on social media these days. It's ridiculous. Trust me, I reckon we'll be looking back at this in like five years' time and think, fidget spinners, what were they again? I can't remember. (laughs) To go down a bit of a wormhole, though, of like people taking things way too far on social media, (laughs) uh, if you can see behind me, obviously, everyone who's watching this on VidMe or listening to this podcast... They can't see this because we're not doing the video feed anymore. But uh, behind me here, I bought a new wrestling belt replica. And when I bought this replica, it was through a company on uh, who uh, operates through Facebook as well as mm. their website. So I went through the process of buying that championship on Facebook. And then once I finished that process, the guy who runs the company, he offered to add me to their Facebook group so I could talk to other wrestling belt enthusiasts and, you know, Ooh. talk about our favorite designs and all that kind of stuff, have some fun conversations <laughs> and whatever. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I would like to be a part of a Facebook group like that. But, oh, my goodness, was I so wrong about how good, apparently, that experience was going to be. It was the most catty, ridiculous thing I think I've ever been involved in on Facebook, <laughs> right? Do tell. I want to hear more. Well, this, the company that I got this belt from is called Fandu Belts. And they're a company that only makes like three different designs at the moment based over in China. They do a really fantastic job for anyone who's thinking about buying a championship replica belt. They do the uh, big gold, the uh, Andre 87 championship, and they're also doing like one of the old school WWWF championships now that you can pre-order. But uh, basically what was going on is they said something on their Facebook page about what belts would you like us to make in the future? What other designs would you like us to feature down the track? And so people have been posting like uh, photos and stuff on the Facebook page and saying, hey guys, do you reckon if they made this belt, you'd go out there and buy it? And then it's just like, okay, let's go into the comments and see what's going on. A lot of people, really positive comments saying, oh, yeah, I really like this belt. I'd like it if they made that one. I'd totally buy it. Others Mm. going, no, this wasn't really my favorite design. Probably wouldn't buy this one. And then there was other people who were just completely ruthless and tearing people down and saying, you have the worst taste in championships ever if you think this is a good-looking title belt and all this kind of junk. And, like, I I posted a photo of the uh, NWA championship, the uh, 10 pounds of gold classic NWA title. 
And I was just like, this is the wrestling belt of all wrestling belts. The only other one that I could possibly get my credit card out for and buy is this one <laughs> to go with my collection of two. But that would make two belts that I own. That would be the only other one that I'll buy. Yeah. And I said, would anybody else be interested in this? It got 17 likes, a whole bunch of comments, a whole heap of real positive feedback. And then all of a sudden, these two or three guys just attacked the absolute crap out of me. And they were just like, this belt is crap. It's one of the worst belts going around. Everyone's been making this belt for years. There's no market for this junk. You need to really think about the posts that you're putting up here from now on. And I was just like, whoa, guys, just calm down. And the the funny thing was, he said, there's no market for this because everyone else has made one of these replicas before. And I'm just like, wait a second, this belt that I've just bought is one of the most iconic championships in wrestling history. A belt that has been made by everybody, and yet there is still a market for it because everyone wants it. Your argument was just nil and void because it's basically the same situation as the one that I bought. So why would you even say that? And here's the crazy thing about this sort of situation. It's not as if you're both against wrestling. You both love the wrestling. And it's like you've got fans of the good kind like yourself and you've got fans who are the negative kind who just want to go on the attack phase all the time. Yeah, It's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's you're both wrestling fans. What's going on here? I, I really don't understand. Have you had any situations on social media where you've just gotten into a full-on, you know, back and forth with someone in the past? Oh, totally. Um, a couple of years ago, um, I, Essendon, my footy team, were playing a team and we happened to have won and the other team obviously didn't. And I said, oh, that was a great game by our team. You know, really, really good pressure they did and played really well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this guy on Twitter must have been a fan because I, I put a hashtag at the end of my tweet. So this guy must have been like just searching for the hashtag and there's my tweet come up. Wow, he has just gone absolutely ballistic at me. He said, oh, yeah, your pressure was pretty good, but, geez, your team is pretty sucky the rest of the year. You should really think about how you play weird pressure. And he must have done that and five other tweets. Mm. So then I went onto his Twitter account, and he's been tweeting every fan who posted something negative about his team. I thought, dude... Seriously, think about your life choices. I mean, come on. I've actually stopped uh, during NBL basketball season. I've actually stopped looking at Facebook whenever Melbourne United plays a game because everyone just goes crazy attacking Melbourne United. And after a while, I was just like, nah, I'm not even going to bother looking at this anymore because it's just ridiculous. All these comments saying, oh, the referees are in Melbourne's pockets. They want Melbourne to win because it'll be good financially for the league and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, guys, we didn't even make the finals. Like, <laughs> how can you be saying the referees are in our pockets when we, like, finish ninth? Or ninth. There's eight teams in the league. Seventh. <laughs> but it's good to be, you know, passionate supporters. But, you know, be realistic. I mean, we're okay. But, geez, we're not great. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Reid, there uh. there's one question that I have to ask you here. And I'll see if you mm. get, the, uh, get the memo on this one. The question oh, okay. is... Can you hear me? I can just hear you now. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. That's good. I like your response there. You didn't say yes. (laughs) I think I know where you're getting at. Have you heard about this whole thing, this scam that's going around at the moment? Yeah, I read up on it the other day. The old can you hear me scam. Apparently people are ringing people up and... 
it's like one of those things where you'll get the call, you'll answer from a random number, there'll be that pause as it connects them because they're going through some, you know, VoIP system through like a computer phone line. And then they'll just be like, oh, yes, hello, can you hear me? And you're supposed to go, yeah, yep, yes, I can hear you. And then they record that and then they use your voice, your responses to, you know, get approvals on things to get, you know, money out of your bank account and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Oh, geez, people. Scammers. It's it's amazing how far they're going with these scams these days. Like, if someone rang you and was just like, oh, can you hear me? Would your initial reaction be, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, that's, go ahead. I actually would say, I can hear you. Can you hear me? And I would just sort of keep it going to see how long that he would actually twig that I'm not some random person that just says what he wants to hear. You know, I would yeah, just yeah. keep it going. Well, I think a, a lot of people have been falling for this so far, and it seems like there's just countless numbers that are ringing people and just saying, oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And it's mostly happening over in the States at the moment. It's something that's kind of swept across the USA uh, for the time being. But apparently, it's slowly making its way into Australia as well, as uh, some of the capital cities like Melbourne and Sydney have been hit so far with a few people uh, reporting that they've been the victim of one of these calls. Luckily, there's nothing so far suggesting that anyone who's received these calls here in Australia has actually been, you know, scammed out of any money with them being able to record these responses and use them for authorization on people's, you know, uh, bank accounts or insurance accounts or anything like that. I think none of us want to end up on the news or on those current affair programs that says, oh, yes, I gave him $20,000 for my account because <laughs> I said this word. You know, we yeah. don't want to end up like one of those poor sods, do we? You especially don't want to be the first one. The first one's always the worst. And this is that guy who's just like, oh, yeah, I just thought that they wanted to talk to me about something. So I was just like, yeah, yes, I can hear you. Yes, yes, I'm here. Are you there? Little did I know they were recording me the whole time and I lost everything. (laughs) Which was only $25. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but are there any other scams that you've kind of heard of that you just think, how ridiculous do these people, like, what are the ridiculous lengths that these people go to to think that this will actually work? Oh, probably people that approach me on online and say, hey, do you want to be my friend? Yeah. Um, I don't really have a lot of friends, so <laughs> I've never met you before. <laughs> or especially people who actually, you know, request to be my friend on Facebook because I never have anyone requesting to be my friend on Facebook or anywhere in life, really. So I mean, there's a bit of a weird one that, you know, people come up to you and want to, you know, scam you out of all these things. I mean, my thing is how do people, how are people so dumb? How do they just fall for it? You know I mean? Do they not question anything in life? Do they just go, yep, I'll do that. Yep, I'll do this. I mean, people, be a bit more questionable, you know, ask questions. Well, that's the whole thing. I think it's that whole deal where we live so much of our lives online and in this unsecure world of just posting photos and all this kind of stuff everywhere and having our privacy open to everyone and all that kind of stuff. So as a uh, society, we've become very trusting as far as, oh, yeah, if someone's just calling my phone number, surely they won't be, you know, trying to scam me out of something. And if, you know, I answer the phone and it, do- and it does sound like a scam, I can just quickly hang up the phone and I'll be out of that situation. But it seems like, you know, they're working their way around this to stop you from even having the freedom to do, to do that now. Maybe just do what I do when the phone rings. Just don't answer it. Yeah. <laughs> the phone rings, I just think 
No, what is so what? But it, it's a bit, it's a bit silly and tongue in cheek. But it's also a bit serious because what is so important that someone has to call me for? The people in my life, they will just text me, they will yeah. message me on Facebook, they'll do those sort of things. But what is so important that someone will actually call me? I mean, everyone in my life messages me. I, I rarely get my phone called. So if I do get my phone called, I just. Don't answer it. Well, even uh, it was probably about a year and a half ago now. I had a scammer call me, and I called. Uh. They called me, and I talked to them for probably about you know fifteen minutes or so, and I was just like trying to extend the call as far as possible and just you know mess around with them a little bit. And I hung up the phone after a while and was just like, "Oh yeah, that's over and done with." And then they've called me back again, and they didn't say anything on the other end. And I was just like, hello, hello, hello. And it was like 15 seconds of just nothingness. And I was just like, okay, hang up. And then I had the number in my phone and I rang it back. And then they they picked up and they were like, hello, 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 can I help you? And I was just like, and now you know how it feels. And then just hung up on it. Brilliant. It sounds like that's from the textbook of Seinfeld responses to telemarketers because there's quite a few responses you can do from the book of Seinfeld, so that would approve. <laughs> Reed, is there anything else that you want to bring up for the show this week? Any more topics that you'd like to cover? Uh, well, not topics specifically, but last time you and I did one of these podcasts, uh, I just told you that I had ordered a Nintendo Mini NES. Ooh, now, yes. I was a bit suspicious at the time because I was like, mm, this is a bit too easy. It's been nothing but difficult to try and get my hands on one of these bad boys and, and I've just ordered one and, and that's it. It seems a bit too easy. But anyway, about four or five days later, sure enough, the doorbell rings and there's a delivery driver and I've never been so happy to see someone deliver me something to my house. And it was by far the best day. But I had to wait a day or two because I had to get some extra cables and mm-hmm. extra controller cords for the Nintendo NES. But once all those came, it was a weekend of nothing but gaming. Now, it's uh, the mini NES. How many games are actually on there? Is there like 30 or something? 30. Yep, and even 30. So what games have you 30. been playing so far? Just going through the Marios or... Yeah, I've been playing the Marios, although I guess the random people would just be playing those anyway. But I wanted to have a look at some of the other ones. Mm. And one of my favourite games from back in the day was Kirby's Adventure. I didn't really play enough of that back in the day. But when when I heard that this was on the NES, I thought, it's all about. And yeah, it's pretty fun. Like I was playing that for about two hours. Mm. It's so fun. It's such a fun game. The one thing that I'm... This is going to sound quite nerdy here, but the one thing I like about the NES the sound of all the games. Yeah. I mean, they're not some sort of imitation noise. It's as if I've got the actual original game and it's on my TV. It is magnificent. So I, for people who are buying it for the games, great. I am as well. But the little things like the music, I mean, I know that's a bit nerdy of me, but, oh, oh especially that Super, Super Mario uh, noise music as well. But, look, that's pretty good. But uh, there's also a, a dirt bike racing game. Can't remember the name of the game. Excite but bike. It is such a good game. Ben knows his games. Yes. Uh, and it was brilliant. I mean, I was, I was playing that for about two hours the other night. It was fantastic. So I'm someone who has wanted this for such a long time, and to actually get my hands on one and to play it, 
yeah, it, it's it was worth of the hype. Well, for me anyway. That's actually something that I think Nintendo could make quite a lot of money off and haven't even realised it yet is uh, Excitebike because it was such a popular game when it was on the NES back in the day. And recently, or more recently with Mario Kart 8, there was actually an Excitebike Arena course on Mario Kart. So it was, it was a basic, like, you know, uh, oval kind of shaped course. And everyone seems to love it. Like whenever you play against people online who are like playing overseas and all that kind of stuff, if Excitebike comes up in the options at the top of the screen that you, of the tracks that you can pick from, everyone's picking Excitebike straight away because everyone loves the Excitebike Arena. So if Nintendo re-released an Excitebike Arena but a, or an Excitebike game, but a newer version of it, almost to the quality and standard of what the Mario Kart 8 uh, experience was with the Excitebike mm. Arena... I reckon that thing would go absolutely gangbusters. And considering in the original game you could make your own tracks, now you could like potentially do that with the new version and share them around with people around the world and other people can play your track as well. It'd be like this really cool interactive thing, but I don't think they've really you know, thought their way down that avenue with it yet. Look, what's old is new again, and I cannot see why that wouldn't work. I yeah. think there's a lot of people, myself included, who are so wrapped when this game was going to be featured on the NES. And the fact that, you know, that they have actually put it on to the Nintendo Switch Mario Kart 8 game as well, it's just crying out for this game to be explored just a little bit more. I mean, yeah. try and make it a bit more of a feature-type game. So, But anyway, it's definitely worth it. So the next time you and I see each other face-to-face, you're going to be playing it, and you're going to agree with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sort of speaking on your behalf, but I sort of am in a way. It's really good. You're going to like it, and you're going to think, gee, why didn't I get my hands on one of these now? <laughs> Well, (laughs) it's funny that you actually say that because they have pretty much basically said they'll be making no more of the mini NES, but apparently you've heard some rumours that they might be doing another throwback console here. Yeah, now there's a bit of a backstory to this story. Now, when the Nintendo NES was, uh, as you mentioned, discontinued a couple of weeks ago, there was also another rumour, mm-hmm. and apparently this rumour could be very spot on because previously this gamer who has released this information about the mini NES yep. was onto it. So I thought, well, this might have a bit more clarity to the rumour. We all remember the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, mm-hmm. the SNES or the SNES, as some people call it. Well, there's a rumour that this will be featured at the end of the year, same situation with the mini NES and mini SNES. Now, this is like super exciting to me and no pun intended because it's the Super Nintendo, (laughs) but this was by far my favourite console of my childhood. It had all the good games on there. You had Super Mario uh, World, I think it was, or Super Mario Land. It was the first one that Yoshi was in anyway. Like, the Mm. first game that you could actually jump on Yoshi's back and ride him throughout a level. It was the first one that he was involved in. Absolutely awesome. It had uh, the original Mario Kart on it, the very first ever iteration of Mario Kart, which was just fantastic. You had games like Bubsy, Donkey Kong Country, just so many great titles across the board with the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, and they could make an absolute killing with this one, I reckon. Well, they did with the mini NES, I reckon, because as we all know, they sold out as soon as they released them. So the same situation will apply if... That's if they do actually release the SNES. But from yeah. all accounts, it looks like it's actually going to happen towards the end of the year. And Ben, being like me, a bit of an interest in gaming, I'm going to let you know as soon as I know any information whatsoever about a possible release of an SNES. I like it. 
Hunts off. <laughs> Very much appreciated. But uh, this is the kind of one, like, I did like the idea of the, any, of the mini NES, but if they do a mini SNES, I will be like lining up out the front of EB Games overnight <laughs> to get my hands on that bad boy. I, I would really want one of those. Well, I sort of reckon they will because I reckon what they did was they used the mini NES as like a guinea pig mm-hmm. to see if there would be any popularity with it, if we could actually sell any of these. And remember, they didn't actually have to release the mini NES. They didn't yeah. have to do it, but they did. Thank goodness they did. And I reckon because they did, because it was so popular, they're going to have to release the SNES mini. And it kind of makes me wonder if they will just, you know, keep going and release a limited run of each uh, previous console, like a mini NES, a mini SNES, a mini N64, a mini GameCube, and just, you know, go through the best 30 titles of each console and put them on this mini version for people to buy. They basically have a license to print money. It's all that will do for Nintendo, and they'd be ridiculous if they didn't go down that path. I honestly think that they could potentially make more money with that market than they could, you know, releasing more games at the moment for the Switch. Like, even though the Switch is doing really well for itself, if they go retro and just say, hey, we're doing all this retro stuff, people are going to go crazy for it because it basically is their childhood. And a lot of people who are in there, like, I don't know, mid thirty, mid to late 30s and all that kind of stuff by now, who are having kids and all that kind of stuff, they can introduce their kids to all these awesome games that they used to play as a kid. And <laughs> it's kind of this whole retro game bonding experience. Well, I think that's why people like you and I now, sort of age group, were really excited when this news was available was around and the fact that you know the NES was had all the games we played in our youth and our childhood were brilliant so I just can't see why they wouldn't do it so I reckon it's going to happen retro is cool Ben let's not forget that retro yeah. is cool Sega they've got a console uh, there's been on there's been another one as well in recent times but uh, look let's be assured the retro consoles they're huge they're popular it's basically a license to print nothing but money. I'm just waiting for the Atari to have a go at it again and everyone's just like, no, we don't care. The the only good one was Frogger and that was it. You're done. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, they sort of bit the bullet when they did that. But um, yeah, as far as Frogger goes, brilliant. But the Sega, if you're like me, you're a bit of a fan of Sega. They've mm-hmm. got one. It's brilliant. I've got it. Ben's played it. We both agree. Yeah, pretty good. That's all, these, that's all they're for. They're just for a bit of fun. But you know what? I think we might wrap it up there. We've covered a fair few different things and had a general chit-chat about things, stuff in the form of words for another month. So I think we've done pretty well, Reid. We covered pretty much everything under the things, stuff and words banner. So I think yeah. we're good to go. We've uh, given everyone a fix once again of this whole shebang. And uh, for anyone who's, you know, kind of missing seeing our faces on the video form of this Sorry, but we just can't be bothered trying to deal with the stuff that goes along with it anymore. So we're just doing audio. We might chuck in a couple of random photos or pictures and stuff every now and then. But other than that, it's just audio now. But the way of the world at the moment is if you aren't happy, make a complaint. Because the complaint holders in the world, they have all the power. So if you feel that strongly about it, folks, make a complaint. But Ben and I are the ones who work on this show, so it's probably not going to happen anyway. The the one uh, the one th- exception that there will be to seeing our faces is we we are kind of planning. We had talked about this the other night that because uh, we did try and record this episode a couple of nights ago, but that that was what we're talking about. The audio and the video was just going mental on Skype, so we've changed it over to uh, Google Hangouts. But um, what we thought we'd do is once every third episode 
do an in-person episode like we did with the first episode that got uploaded to uh, VidMe and SoundCloud and all the other places that you can find the podcast. So uh, once every three episodes, you will be seeing us, you know, actually in the same room as each other, doing a bit of a podcast back and forth, banter, things, stuff and words, which will be pretty cool, I guess. And Ben's sort of freaking out because he's thinking, geez, I'm going to have to have Reid here every time, do I? <laughs> no, you can, come over to my, you can come over to my house. You can see what it's like. And yeah. You can actually see what happens over here, so it's all good. Don't worry. Right next to the golf course. The time. Hopefully no golf balls come smashing through the window. No, there hasn't been for a while, but you never know. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Like, has there been, like, random golf balls smacking your house? Um, it happened to our neighbours about, oh, mum told me about a year and a half ago where... And it was an empty house, by the way, brand new, just been built, and there was no one living in there. Yeah. But a, mass, but a golf ball hit the side window, and we're quite a few yards down from the green, so we're not oh. really close. Yeah. Because I think it was just a case of, you know, Sunday afternoon, no one's really around, and all of a sudden you hear a <laughs> And the guys who hit the golf ball, yeah. they didn't come down the green. They just went the other way. Oh. So they, they must have known what they did. Yeah, yeah. But the weird thing is, and I'm, I'm just surprised it hasn't happened more often. I mean, you know, usually we have people who do some silly things around here, but nothing like that. So, you know, it may happen in the future. I'm not too sure, but we haven't had a lot of it, thank goodness. Mm. Well, that's very lucky then, the the life and times of living next to a golf course. <laughs> it's fun indeed. <laughs> well, if you want to follow along with the show, of course, you can do so via our Twitter accounts, at Ben and Reed on Twitter. We'll post as many articles and stuff that we can find about the things that we chat about up there and other little bits and pieces throughout the month as well. Uh, if you want to listen to the show, you can do so on SoundCloud, Stitcher and iTunes. Just search for uh, uh, things, stuff and words. I almost got tongue-tied on what the name was then for a second. I was just like, Weird News Weekly? No, that's the old one. Uh, Wednesday Drive? No, that's the old one as well. Things Stuff and Words now. Okay. We've got quite a there catalogue of shows, so it's hard to keep up with the amount of uh, show names that we've done. So yeah. you're, uh, it's quite understandable, Ben. So uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, search for Things Stuff and Words on there with Ben and Reed, of course. And uh, just search for Ben and Reed on VidMe. Or you can just go vid.me slash Ben and Reed and you'll find us right there. All the episodes of the show in video, audio form without our faces on video anymore, except for every one in three episodes. <laughs> oh, when, we can, when we can be bothered, basically. Pretty much. Well, that wraps things up for another month. We'll catch you once again uh, in another four weeks, I guess, if not before, because this is a monthly or more podcast. So you never know when we're going to pop up. It could be the most random thing in the world. But uh, until then, I've been Ben Rogers. This guy has been Reed Money, and we'll catch you next time. See you, mate.